Good morning. I know it's been a long time and I say that a lot, but it's really, it's been a long time. I have so much to catch you up on, but first, if you're new here, welcome. This is a Yogi Kitchens off the mat and it's where we talk about the lessons that we learn on the mat and how they translate to our everyday lives. And it's also those lessons that are supposed to be practiced off the mat. In this country, we talk about yoga as a mat practice, but the spiritual practice of yoga invades every part of your life. It is how you love. It is how you show up. It is how you cook. It is how you um, do self-care and self-love. It's everything in your life, and we're here to talk about that. Okay, first of all, I want to apologize for the sound quality. If you have been following along on Instagram or you follow us on Facebook, or if you're part of our regular community that gets the text messages, you know that I'm in Chicago and my mom had a stroke. So we found out um, on a Sunday at three o'clock that my brother-in-law had found her on the floor. And at five o'clock, we were in the car driving to Chicago. So I just grabbed some things. The fact that I have a set of AirPods right now is like a miracle. I'm dressing every day going, oh, wow, I didn't bring this or I didn't bring that. And, and it's fine. It's all good, especially since I'm staying at my mom's house. Um, so I apologize for the air, or the air quality, the sound quality, but also... I don't know if you can hear it. I think you can. There's an African gray in this house that is all of a sudden deciding to make all of the noises. And she's like two rooms away, more than two rooms away, down a long hallway and two rooms away. And um, she is just losing her mind right now. And I think that's a good thing. I think she's happy and she's singing and she's making noises. And this is my mom's bird and I'm staying at her house to take care of her. So that has been actually a bit of a blessing because my mom um, doesn't live too far away from the hospital. She used to live like a 10 minute, eight minute drive. And now it's like a 20 minute drive. So it's still very reasonable. It's easy to get to her. Um, and for all of you that have been sending well wishes and texting love and support and care, thank you so much. It really, really does mean the world to me. And I put this today or yesterday. Um, no, it was this morning. I posted this as a reply to someone's comment is that I carry all of your love and your well wishes and your care in my heart and it keeps me grounded and it makes me feel um, like I'm connected with you guys all the time. To say thank you for that. It means the world to me. Keep them coming. Um, I, I don't want people to feel like I'm, I'm so busy with my mom that I can't take time out to answer texts or a phone call or a comment somewhere. Um, I'm really trying uh, to stay connected. So let me set a little bit of the background of what's going on, because we're going to talk about the yoga lessons that I'm carrying into this experience with me. Um, I tend to do a fairly good job of being able to connect with those lessons when I need them. Um, but I've been doing this a long time. And I, I definitely remember a time when I got through something difficult in my life and I went back and thought, oh, you know what good yoga practice would have been perfect for that situation? And that happens to all of us, right? We all go, oh, I could have, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda. 
So um, the situation is my mom is 80 years old and she's been living independently, 100% independently for years and years. She's fine. Um, there is a bit of dementia that we were, my sister and I were thinking, okay, it's time to address this issue. We need to figure out what her next steps are. Uh, one of them was she needs to stop driving. Um, and then she had this stroke. And we, you know, we're not expecting to hear this information. This is a bit of a shock. This wasn't like, oh, you know, she doesn't take care of herself. Like she's going to have a stroke any day or a heart attack one day soon. We really, you know, this was a surprise to us. So there's three of us. I'm the oldest. My sister Desma is three and a half years younger than me. And then three and a half years younger than her is my brother, Jason. And we are all here. My brother lives in Seattle now. And my sister is here in Chicago. And of course, I spend most of my time in Lawrence, Kansas these days, but I also am back and forth um, to Chicago, not so much since the pandemic, but um, starting about six years ago, I started going back and forth quite a bit between Lawrence. Um, at that point, actually, it was New York, Lawrence, and Chicago was what I was kind of going around with. And now it's just Lawrence and Chicago. So uh, we're doing a fairly good job. For all of you that have asked, thank you so much. We are taking time. We are, my sister is a nurse who now is teaching. She's a professor of nursing. Um, my brother's an editor, but between my sister and I being sort of healthcare people, um, and my brother's a really grounded, mindful, good guy, we are all recognizing this is a marathon and we can't just all be there together at the hospital all day long. So we take shifts. We rotate the shifts so no one, you know, there was a time where I was doing, before my brother was able to get here from Seattle, I was doing day shifts because my sister has a kid and she needed to be home more often. And so I was doing like six, eight hour shifts and she was doing four hour shifts, which is fine. It just was starting to really wear on me. And now we're doing more even shifts. And so there is still like a longer shift and, a sh and some shorter shifts, but we rotate that quite a bit. So everyone's asking like, you know, it's great to hear about your mom, but how are you? Are you taking care of yourself? I'm like, I promise you, I'm taking care of myself. So my sister's making an effort to get to the gym often. I am walking a ton. The other day I left the hospital um, and walked quite a few miles. I, it was close to five, I think. Maybe that's, that's probably close to five. Um, just wandering the city that I love. Um, and I, I haven't really been, when I come um, other times and I stay at my sweetheart's house, it's not in my stomping grounds. It's not where I grew up. But right now I'm spending all of my time in the stomping grounds where I grew up on the north side of Chicago. And um, so it's just lovely to, you know, leave the hospital and to wander around and walk and be right up the lake. And so I'm getting lots of exercise in. I'm eating things that are making me super happy. Um, I wrote a post on Instagram today about Chicago style hot dogs. Like part of this journey with my mom is in my self-care, taking care of myself is going back and re-experiencing those things that I know from Chicago, but also just exploring new places and new flavors because you guys know how important food is to me. And how I believe food is such a connector. It connects us mind, body, spirit. It connects us to others. Um, and right now we're actually, uh, so again, more background. So when she had her stroke, they took her to a local hospital that was about 10 minutes away. And she was there for nine days. And then she got released to rehab. And she's at Shirley Ryan Ability Lab here in Chicago, 
which is the number one rated um, re real rehabilitation center in the country. And it has been for like 30 years, more than 30 years. And the care she'd been getting there is amazing. The teams are amazing. It's been lovely. She's got a beautiful lake view. Every morning I walk into her room and just smile. It's like a dopamine hit right there. And um, on Thursday, she had what we thought was a seizure and got rushed to the ER. And so now she's at Northwestern Memorial Hospital, which is just a few blocks from Shirley Ryan, maybe not even two blocks away. Um, so that's been really nice that we're still kind of in the same area. Northwestern is her hospital. It's also an excellent hospital. It's like in the top 10 in the country, um, which is very important to my mom that she go to top rated hospitals and to us. Like we're really happy that she's at getting the kind of care that she's getting. Um, there's the bird. I don't know if you just heard that. She's making a lot of noise this morning. Um, and so she's there. She actually is getting stronger every day. She's able to do some OT and PT in the hospital. And their expectation is that she will go back to rehab. So that's the story of what's going on with my mom and sort of a little bit about my siblings and I. And I thought we'd talk about some of the yoga lessons. So we're talking about um, the lessons, the yoga lessons that are helping me manage these difficult moments. Um, the hardest probably was driving here. Um, my mom had been on the floor for several days in her apartment until my brother-in-law found her. My sister, unfortunately, was dealing with another medical emergency um, in a different state, so it was far away. And just, we are, we, our communication fell down. Like I knew she hadn't responded to me, but I kind of didn't worry about it. And it's really unusual for her, but I thought, Melissa, the one time she doesn't call you back right away, it's okay. Um, and my sister had had sort of the same thing. And had we talked to each other and realized that no one had heard from her, um, we would have found her a lot earlier. But, you know, these things happen and the people at both, all the hospitals have been extremely gracious and kind. And they say, you know, we all try for it not to happen. We all do our best, but sometimes it does happen. We hear it more than you would think. So the drive here, um, I just kept thinking I would like to say goodbye. Like I would like to be with her to say goodbye. And I had to just stay in the moment and be really present with what was true in the moment. And I am sort of someone who the worst case scenario calms me. So I will do a little thinking ahead. And okay, like I took my funeral dress with me just in case. Um, so some planning ahead for the worst case, then I go, all right, that's the worst case. Anything beyond that I can handle because I already know I can handle the worst case. So that's actually a, a DBT skill. Um, it's a little bit of a few things, but the one that really pops up for me is um, cope ahead. So you're looking at the things like what's, what's coming up that's going to be difficult. And so that night I thought tonight I may say, or not tonight, but tomorrow morning, um, I may say goodbye to my mother. And I thought if she's okay, they'll let us come at normal visiting hours. If she's not okay, they're going to say, they're going to call my sister and say, come now. And my sister also traveled that night from um, Florida. She got a, she flew standby and took a couple flights to get back to Chicago. And so it was that, it was two things. It was cope ahead, take a moment to think ahead because 
I am not someone, my anxiety disorder makes it so that I am not someone who likes to feel the rug pulled out from under me. I don't think anyone does, but for me, it's a fairly big fear. I have had a few times in my life where the rug has been pulled under, out from under me, meaning that I was completely surprised by a situation that changed my life. And I shouldn't have been. There were people around me that could have communicated things to me that would have helped me manage when the actual event happened. And that communication didn't happen. And it's happened in two different places in my life, all family, but two different places, different families, actually. Um, so Copahead is really important to me. Copahead is not only what are the facts that I know in this moment and what do I know from life experience? So someone my mom's age has a stroke. My life experience tells me there's a possibility she's going to die soon. My life experience also tells me we could, you know, beat the odds and she come back from this, maybe not a hundred percent, but certainly 85, 90%. So my drive was a lot of that kind of thinking of what, what is the worst case scenario? And then Melissa, you can't think about this for the next nine hours as you drive. You're going to have to focus on other things. So I read, I stayed present talking to Steve. At one point I was getting tired and I thought, okay, it's going to be a long day tomorrow. So maybe this is a good time to, to sleep. And Steve was driving and I thought, nope, he's getting tired too. I need to stay awake for this moment. So coping ahead is really important. Like, yes, it would have been really good for me to be super rested to go to the hospital the next day. And I think, I can't remember now, but we pretty much spent the whole day in the hospital. So yes, sleep and coping ahead, important, but also being present in the moment and recognizing that to get to Chicago, we need to be able to stay awake through the night and, you know, not have a car accident. So it's always that balance. And what's true in this moment, checking your facts, which is also a, a dialectical behavior therapy skill and a yoga skill. And that's one of the reasons I love dialectical behavior therapy because it's based in mindfulness. It comes from um, a lot of Buddhist practices, which Buddhism and yoga intertwine. And so it just makes a lot of sense to me to practice managing my mental health in this way. I have to tell you something really funny. I'm not sure how much you can hear the bird. She's losing her mind again. But what's really funny about this is I took a little break between the last part, the last segment that I recorded and this one. I cleaned the cat litter. I made some coffee. I talked to someone on the phone and she was quiet that whole time. So it's not me talking. That's like, I know people are thinking that, well, you're talking. Of course, she's talking back to you. Nope, because I talk to her all the time. And a lot of the time she doesn't talk back to me. But throughout my days, I'm like in the kitchen cooking or doing stuff. I'm talking to her. I'm like, oh, Josie, you know what? I think I need three eggs instead of two. Let's make a three egg omelet today. I'm always talking to her. So this is what's going on right now. I don't understand it at all. It's almost annoying me right now, actually, because I'm like, you were quiet 10 minutes ago. Why can't you be quiet right now? And if you guys aren't hearing it, that's great. But and it's not really obstructing my thoughts or anything, but all right. So, so back to dialectical behavior therapy, Buddhism and yoga intertwining and always remembering that in both of those practices, being present in this moment and being present fully with who you are emotionally, mentally, physically is our goal, right? That's like the, that's the place we're working towards being most of the time. Now we all use distraction in our lives. We use it 
in so many different ways. Uh, I watched Netflix last night. Um, watching Netflix, uh, people, some people shop. I had a glass of wine with my Netflix. So that's going to numb my emotions a little bit, which sometimes a little numbing is an okay thing. Um, people, I mean, you all do. I mean, we all do it. We know it happens. I actually don't do this one, but I do other things, but we do things like shop Amazon at like two in the morning because we can't sleep because we're bored, not because we need anything, but because we're attending to something emotionally. The goal in Buddhism and yoga is to sit with what's true in this moment and also to be present with the pain. And so to sit with the pain and as we sit with the pain, it dissipates. The pain becomes normal. And, and I don't mean like normalized, but like normal as in not something to be afraid of. It becomes, oh, this is pain. Life is full of pain. And my job is to sit with it and to recognize it and to still be the person that I'm meant to be while I'm feeling this pain, not to push it away, not to avoid it, not to, and I come from a family of avoiders. They will do anything to avoid pain. Um, and we're talking emotional pain, mental pain, of course. So that's a lot of what that drive was for me is we're going to sit in the pain and the fear of this for a moment. We're going to recognize it. Of course, you're having pain. Of course, you're having fear. And that's normal. We're not pushing it away. We're being present with it. So that when I see my mom for the first time, it is not this overwhelming wash of fear and of pain, because that's not going to help me in the moment. That's not where she needs me to be. It's not where my sister or the doctors need me to be. Like I need to be past that first wash of pain and fear. And I know there's a lot of people out there that would do the opposite. Like I just drove and I distracted myself with everything possible. So I didn't have to think about it or didn't deal with it until I got there. And when I got there, then I could be present in the moment. And I understand that thinking. It just doesn't make sense to me personally. Um, so when I did get to the hospital and saw my mom, you know, she'd been lying on the floor. Her face was really swollen. She, the bruises were already starting to yellow, which also gave us some indication of how long she'd been on the floor because we weren't completely sure how long it had been. And we still actually aren't really sure how, how long it, it was. We, we know the last text that some, one of us got from her and we know the first time someone tried to contact her after that. So sometime in like an eight hour window or so is when it happened. Um, but anyway, uh, so getting there and walking into the room wasn't the shock moment. It wasn't this, oh my God, mom. And, you know, bursting into tears, whatever. My sister and I had cried already beforehand. You know, we'd, um, we'd really dealt with a lot of our emotions that are fear-based. You know, our emotions that are not necessarily the most helpful emotions in any given situation, but happen. They are true. And so then we walked into the room and we saw her and we're able to just be there, hold her hand. You know, we we're just kissing her and telling her we're here, that everything's going to be okay and that you are okay right now. And that's something that also my sister said, which I was really surprised. My sister's not a yogi. But um, that to me seems very yoga based. Like in this moment, you are okay. Everything is fine. Um, and we both were able to say that to her several times. And my sister went to her first. And I, I don't know if she did this on purpose, but my sister went to her good side. 
And so my mom, you know, was really able to focus quite a bit on her quickly because she was on her good side. And then she said, mom, Melissa's here. And then my mom like kind of looked surprised and turned, which is, I was on her, what we now know as her not so great side and her right side was affected by the stroke. And I held, was holding her hand. I didn't know at that time that she couldn't feel me holding her hand on that side. And so we just both sat there holding her hand and kissing her and, and telling her how much we loved her and that everything's fine and everything is okay. And frankly, considering everything she'd been through at that point, everything was really good. Like her numbers looked good. I mean, considering 80 year old woman has had a stroke, everything looked good. And we're still at a place where everyone is surprised by how good her numbers are. Um, I, you know, her, she, they get labs done every day. She's getting stronger and stronger every day. And it's just being in the moment consistently. And that is my gratitude. This practice has just taught me how to do that. And on a different level of being in the moment or a different way of being in the moment, you know, I want to experience this. I want to really remember this. There will be a time probably in the not so, you know, distant future, my mom won't be here. And I mean, who knows, you know, she could live another 20 years. Probably not. But, um, you know, I want to be really present with this. So when I'm feeding her, there have been a couple times we've had the news on in her room, but for the most part, we haven't had television on. We haven't had distractions. And my mom is a big distractor. She likes to distract. She usually has the television on all day long on the news. I hear it when she's talking on the phone with me. And sometimes it's louder to me than she is. And we just haven't done it. And I've asked her. She's always been able to respond. So sometimes she can only nod her head or shake her head. Sometimes she points, but always been able to respond. And when she's more alert and has energy, she's verbal. And she doesn't say long sentences, but sometimes a phrase, sometimes just a word or two. Um, once in a while, she'll do a full sentence. Um, so, you know, I've asked her, do you want the TV on? She keeps telling me no. And then a couple of times I said, mom, would it be okay if I watch some news? And I actually don't watch the news, but there have been times where um, she's felt a little agitated. And so I thought, well, maybe the news will calm her down. And so there have been times when I've had news on when I'm feeding her or I'm helping her do things, comb her hair. But for the most part, when we're eating, I am completely present with her. I am sitting thinking about the bite that she's taking, watching how she's moving her mouth and if she's swallowing. She is having some swallowing problems. So we're really being present with whether she's swallowing and clearing food from her mouth. I'm thinking about how she's supposed to be eating. So she takes a bite of food and then she takes a bite of, uh, has a, it's, she's being spoon fed, a spoonful of liquid. And so that is, you know, so being really present with that process and almost even imagining myself in that process. Like, what is this feeling like on my tongue? What is it? How does it feel when I swallow and all, all of it doesn't go down? So not only can I be really there for her and I'm showing up fully for her, which, you know, is the job of a yogi to show up fully in our lives, but also I am being of most help to her. So when the doctor says, you know, how is she eating? I'm not just watching television and said, yeah, she ate part of her her plate. You know, I'm actually being able to say she's doing like three swallows to get the food down or whatever it is, or, you know, she really isn't enjoying this part of her food or I'm really present with that. And we're trying to do that with everything we do. So we're learning how to lift her. We're learning how to transfer her from the bed into wheelchairs, from the wheelchair into the shower. Um, the, the rehab team has been amazingly supportive and helpful of us 
helping her do all the things that she's going to want to do and we're going to want to do with her. So that's the biggest yoga lesson that I have right now is that being present, that cope ahead is not theoretically a yoga lesson, but it sort of is. Um, it's that thing when you're in down dog and you're going to take that step forward to runner's lunge. What do you need to do? Some people can swing their leg up to the air, swing it forward and take that step. Some days I can do something like that. Some days I need to move more towards the midline and then I need to like stay in down dog and go from down dog to the runner's lunge. Going from three-legged dog to runner's lunge isn't going to work for me that day. Or just, it's, it's not, not going to work. I can always do it. It's just, is it the best pose for me? And so that's a little bit of cope ahead, right? Looking at where we're going and where are the problem areas in that. Um, there are some days where moving straight from a three-legged dog to the pigeon prep, Ekapata Rajakopatasana, is beautiful. It feels so good. I love the flow. There are some days where I'm like, I'm a little tired. I'm actually going to just go into it from table pose. I'm just going to slide one knee forward and one knee back and move into it. And sometimes that feels just as delicious, but it's because I'm tired or maybe my back is hurting. And so that is how we do cope ahead on the mat. Um, and there's other ways too. Um, there's the workarounds that we do for, let's say, balance poses. Like I could do a three-legged dog here in the middle of the room and it would feel really good. But mm, what if I did it against the wall? Like that increased stretch is really what I'd like today. And if I push that foot against the wall, there's a really good chance I'm going to lift that other leg up against the wall at some point, just because I'll be compelled to do it. And then I'm in a supported handstand and isn't that feeling lovely. And so, you know, thinking about, well, do I just want to do it in the middle of the room? Cause I'm not going to a handstand if I do it in the middle of the room. And usually when I think that I go, oh. Let's go to the wall and do three-legged dog, and then we can move into supported handstand. So it's that kind of thinking, um, the coping ahead that translates into the mat, or off, I'm sorry, that we do on the mat that translates into our life. Um, I'm going to stop there because we've been together for a while now. Um, I do want to do a little update about what's coming up and how the next few weeks are going to work. Okay, loves, thank you so much for hanging out with me and letting me mentally process a little bit as I tell you my story. Um, I think this is the most powerful thing that we do in life. I really do. We show up for each other and we share our stories. And whether that means something in the moment, like what's happening to me right now, or whether it's someone texting me or giving me a phone call and say, saying, my mom had a stroke last year and I know what you're going through and I'm here. Powerful stuff, right? That's huge. Um, and I've been getting a lot of that from you guys and I love it and I appreciate it. And I wanted to give it right back by sharing my experiences, but also just it, it feels good to reach out and know that I'm not alone in this experience. I mean, my brother's and my, my brother and my sister are wonderful and lovely. And I also should mention my amazing partner, Steve, has been here by my side the entire time. When I said to him, Steve, I think I need to go to Chicago because I wasn't sure in the beginning what to do. And then I talked to my sister who was really upset. And my sister is kind of a rock and she's really upset. And I thought, I got to go. And I told her we, before we got off the phone, I said, OK, I'm on my way. 
And then I went into the kitchen and I said, Steve, I think I need to go to Chicago. He said, okay, yeah, let's go. So that's the kind of man he is, which is, it's a beautiful, lovely thing. Um, he's been here. He loves and cares for my mom. Um, he feeds her. He combs her hair. He sits with her. He holds her hand. Um, he gets a little frustrated sometimes because he just doesn't know her as well as we do. So sometimes she'll say like a word or two and I know what she's talking about. And Steve doesn't have that privilege. So sometimes he gets a little bit frustrated, but anyway, it's been gorgeous. It's been lovely. Um, I am feeling like it's been three weeks now since we first got here and I need to be able to plan a little bit more. Um, I have been teaching sort of randomly and canceling classes kind of randomly. And I'd like to stop doing that. I'd like to create a schedule that works, um, that I know that I can count on unless something goes wrong with my mom. And so far, most of my cancellations have been that like, oh shoot, we're going to the ER and, um, I can't teach, but there have been a class or two where I've just been like, oh my gosh, I am too overwhelmed. I can't teach. So I'm ready to kind of even out that roller coaster a little bit. It feels like the healthcare that she's getting right now is giving us so much information that it is actually possible to do some planning. And also my siblings and I are more in the routine, have figured it out a little bit more. Like now we know what to do when she starts to get out of bed. She did have a fall where we did not think she had the strength to get out of bed, but she did it. Um, and now, now I know how she did it because I've seen her almost do it again. Because before we're like, how the frick did she do it? And now I know how she did it. So there's so much more under our belt now. Like our learning curve is so much less. So it feels like I can do things to go back to a regular schedule. So here's what I'd like to do. One, I was planning on teaching Breathe Online this summer. Breathe Online is the sixth week. I think I might do eight weeks this summer, uh, this year, of course, to help us manage our mental health. So it is about learning things like cope ahead. It's about how to change your body chemistry to manage your mental health. It's what we eat. It's what yoga poses and practices are the best for keeping our brain even. It's about how we get those dopamine hits, how we access our serotonin. Um, it's about connection. It's about community. It is an online course. There are live parts where you'll get to meet the other people that are in the course. And then there's a lot of work you do on your own. Everything's recorded so that you are able to access it if you can't join us live. And there will be special yoga classes that are just for our group. Um, that was going to happen this summer. It is now going to happen. I'm going to say September because I love September and I would love to be able to do it sometime starting mid September. And it's also a really nice time to do it because it'll get us super well armored, um, and super skilled and like our toolbox will be full going into the holidays. And for a lot of us, the holidays are hard in terms of our mental health for lots of reasons, because we're exposed to people that um, have been triggers for us, or we, we fall into the patterns with our families um, from, from those years where our mental health wasn't so great. Um, I just was with someone recently who said, I'm going to a family event and they all have not seen me be well-managed. They don't know this version of me. So that might be coming up in the holidays and just the holidays can be stressful. The money, the activities, the amount of things we try to fit in our schedule. So we'll, we'll go into the holidays feeling really skillful and like we got this. So that's, that's the silver lining of, of changing it from the summer is that, you know, we'll do it starting in September and we'll end like kind of right before the holidays. 
and have some time to process some of that information. Um, so look for that information, breathe online. I'm actually really looking forward to teaching it this year because I got a lot. You know, it's been a very uh, big year where I've been really skillful and using a lot of tools and I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing that with everyone and helping you um, strengthen those skills and just sink into more of who you are meant to be, helping you, helping you awaken to the light of your own true nature. So that's Breathe Online. Classes. I am teaching regular classes. I am canceling regular classes. So one of the things I'm going to do is just sort out the schedule in the next few days. I am 99% sure we're canceling Sunday morning class. We will have Sunday evening class, uh, five o'clock Central Eastern time on Zoom, wherever you are. And then if you are in Lawrence, Kansas, we are meeting at Sunrise Project. So this is community yoga. You meet at Sunrise Project to practice together in law, uh, together in person. And then the director, Melissa Freiberger, is going to stream me. And if you are in Lawrence, Kansas, and you'd rather just join me from your home, feel free to do that. Um, and then we'll do the same thing on Mondays. I'm not exactly sure when on Mondays. Right now, I've been teaching at four o'clock on Mondays, and I might ask to drop that down to five o'clock. Uh, any feedback you guys have would be super helpful. The other class that I know for sure about is going to be uh, Saturday mornings at 10. We'll do lay down and roll around yoga, maybe 930. Don't, I'm going to post it really soon when we're doing it. So if you're not following us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, go do that. You can also sign up for the newsletter, ayogikitchen.com, and that's going to give you information. And then the other thing I'm, I'm open to, even more open than having regular classes, is I'm open to doing pop-ups. So pop-ups are when you text me or shoot me an email and say, hey, could we do a class Saturday at 2? It's kind of a weird time, right? You're not going to find a regularly scheduled class most places Saturday at 2. Um, so I'm happy. If it works out for my schedule, I'm happy to do that. And I love pop-ups. I really like doing pop-ups more than having a regular schedule. It's just really nice for me to know that someone really wants a class, that it they are making requests of what kind of class they want instead of just saying, oh, well, there's a class Saturday at 10. I guess I could go to that one. If you love that Saturday morning class at 10, awesome. Keep coming. But if you're like, eh, ask me, maybe we could do Saturday at 2. And we could do a different kind of class. That all works out. You can text me at 785-760-5412. Um, next week is a meal week at Sunrise Project. I will not be there, um, obviously, but I support them in their endeavors. Lawrence, Kansas, uh, 5 to 7 p.m. at 1501 Learnard. Um, I don't know what the meal is, actually. You can check them out. It's the Sunrise Project or the Sunrise Project on Instagram and it's sunriseprojectkansas.org or you can follow their page on Facebook. Um, if you would like to bake, I ask my yogis often if they'll bake for the dessert. You can make anything you want. We just ask that it's something that we can put into a to-go package really easily. So cookies are great. Bars are great. People make no-bake like oatmeal bars or peanut butter bar, not bars, uh, balls. Those are great. Actually, we ask not peanut butter because we want to avoid allergens, but um, you can text me or you can go to sunriseprojectks.org and sign up. Um, and if there's not a sign up for baking, you can shoot them a text also or email from their, uh, from their website. 
And that's what we have right now. So I should have class situation figured out today or tomorrow. Newsletter going out maybe later today. Probably not. Probably not till tomorrow. And then um, uh, I will let you know more. And if you request a pop-up, then I share with everyone else. And anyone else who wants to do that pop-up is welcome to pop into Zoom and do it with us. I'm not doing in-person pop-ups right now. Um, oh, the other thing is I'm doing a lot more privates right now. So private sessions are times where we meet on Zoom and you get all of my expertise based on your needs. So it's very different than a class. You know, in a class I ask because I want to work on something and I try to accommodate that. But a private session is completely devoted to you. Um, I am working with people from all walks of life right now, which is so interesting. I have an athlete that I'm working with, which I've never done before and is so cool. It's so fascinating and also so, like I'm learning so much. It's really helping expand who I am as a yogi and pract practitioner. Um, but I'm also working with someone who has some pretty serious arthritis um, an older person who's actually both people are older, um, who is uh, just having some pain and we're, we're working on the arthritis and it's getting better every session. Things are feeling some, some loosening, some shifting and a lot about arthritis is our mindset shift. And so we're working a lot on that. Uh, and I'm thinking about doing some work for people with strokes because I'm doing a lot of PT with my mom. I used to intern with a PT when I lived in New York. Um, and I'm enjoying going back to the physical therapy side of it. And so much of it is based in yoga, but what's really lovely about PT for stroke work is it's a lot about mind-body connection. I mean, that's the whole thing is mind-body connection. It's getting her strong, but it's also helping her brain connect new or create new neural pathways. So um, I'm really super interested in this. I have had a couple people ask me, my mom had a stroke not long ago or last year or five years ago, would you work with her? And I'm like, yeah, oh yes, absolutely. I'd love to. So, um, Privates are kind of what's getting me through right now. It is getting super expensive to park every day in downtown Chicago and eat at least one meal, if not two or three, uh, if a hospital are nearby. So I am all for working. Um, working is good. It also keeps me grounded and I stay connected with you guys. So 785-760-5412, um, mel at ayogikitchen.com or just go to ayogikitchen.com. You can email me from there. You can sign up from the newsletter from there. Um, and I will be blogging more. Thank you so much for hanging out with me for so long today. It's uh, been really lovely. Have a beautiful Tuesday.